Wizards After Dark. I'm Fred Katz. I cover the Wizards for The Athletic, and I'm the host of Wizards After Dark. And if this is your first time listening to this podcast, you can tell how creative I am by the fact that I just started off by not even saying hello or hi. I just say Wizards After Dark. The Wizards killed the Lakers tonight. They just crushed them. They led, like, the whole game. They're up 12-4 early, and they just never let go of a huge lead. They won 128-110. John Wall was... Really spectacular. Uh, had 40 points, 14 assists, six boards. Sam Decker with 20 off the bench. Jeff Green with 20 in the starting lineup. Bradley Beal had 25. Held LeBron to 13 points on 16 shots and three assists. I'm here with uh, Bill Oram from the renowned Athletic, theathletic.com. Hi, Fred. Uh, where are we starting? We got to start with Wall. We got to start Wall. I mean, I, I would actually start with uh, the Thomas Bryant revenge game because <laughs> Thomas Bryant, who I have loosely known, the best was, Bryant in Lakers history, was was, was playing uh, pretty well for these guys. Um, certainly came out with some fire tonight. And just for those who don't really know the history, I mean, Thomas Bryant was drafted by the Lakers last year and spent most of the season in the G League. But like everybody I knew was high on him. And then they came to you know early July and they had to make a decision on Avita Zubats and they had to make a decision on Thomas Bryant. And they chose Zubats over Bryant. And Zubats, as you saw tonight, not playing at all. And um, and Bryant now starter for the Wizards. Obviously, um, there was a lot. There was there were a lot of mixed opinions within the Lakers organization what direction they should go. Um, obviously, there are bigger decisions teams make than Zubats versus Thomas Bryant. But it was amusing, and it was amusing to kind of see that that little battle for a roster spot come to come to life on the court tonight. And also good for Thomas who. Um, Found obviously found a home, but yeah, I mean John Wall, um, who probably matters more to this team in the, in the, in the grand scheme of things, just a little bit. Um, Second most important wall in Washington. He was incredible. He was. Are you talking about the the wall? The wall. That's, that's not a, like Washington doesn't border Mexico. Se- second most second most uh, discussed wall in Washington. Oh, okay. That that is that is important true. important discussion about. A wall. John Wall was great, and like, by the way, I thought his best play tonight was that block on Lonzo. Like, I know he's going for forty, but I thought that kind of was the game where I thought Wall and the Wizards said, "We are not giving up this this lead." I thought that was the play where they kind of slammed the door in the second quarter. Lonzo Ball had a breakaway, and and John Wall, with from my vantage point, it looked like he kept checked him pretty good, but on the replays, it looked reasonably clean. No foul called. John Wall flexed on the baseline. It was a you know it was. To me, a pretty a pretty huge momentum swing, or certainly prevented a, a momentum swing toward the Lakers. Yeah, I, he was he was amazing tonight. Like, the way he was just he came out with so much energy, and like I've said this so many times, this team just goes as John Wall goes. Like that's all there is to it. When John doesn't come out with energy, when he's not playing that hard on defense, when he's not barreling right. himself to the rim, they're not the same right. as when he is. And like tonight, he's just. Everything was good tonight. 16 of 27 from the field. Great. Four for eight from three. Great. Six boards. Great. 14 assists. 40 points. He's a plus 25. Like, he's getting to the rim like like a maniac. Just the rim every time. He's creating corner threes. Like, those 14 assists, those are leading the corner yeah. threes for Jeff Green. And, like, these are – I mean, he's just making the right basketball play every time. And it was just – 
it was he had a couple bad heat checks, but he right. was so hot that they're you it's at the point where they're excusable. Like it was it was just an unbelievable performance, I thought. You Best know, performance of the year. Is that right? LeBron yeah. James was really complimentary, obviously. I mean, these guys have had a lot of battles obviously over the years and, and LeBron, you know, talked about how, you know, basically once 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 Wall started getting to the basket and then and then the mid range started falling, it's like that just opens up his entire game and at that point there is no stopping him. And his his quote actually was um, uh, I wanted to find it here because it was it was good. Uh, yeah, he said he's up there with, with Russell Westbrook when it comes to you know the one man fast break and that you know um, once he once he got going in transition then his jump shot you're not going to stop him and I think John Wall sometimes in the way that a lot of NBA players do becomes a contract especially because you know he's on a team that not a lot of people are paying attention to or expecting a lot from and so externally around the league you don't think of him so much for what he can actually do on the court on a given night. You start thinking of him as a chess piece or a, a building block, you know, as, as teams move pieces around. But on a given night, John Wall is still an absolute force, and we saw that tonight in a, in a game where, you know, you could go in and expect LeBron to be probably the most you know, dominant presence on the floor, and, and you didn't even know he was out there. Yeah, yeah, I mean... It's it's the thing of like where if aliens come down, they've never seen a basketball game yeah. before. They don't know how it works. Ninety nine percent of the time, you look at a game, even when like LeBron's not shooting well, and you can just tell LeBron is the best guy out there. And tonight, if if aliens came down, and uh, who was it who made this point to me? Chase Hughes made this point to me from uh, NBC Sports Washington, who has been on this podcast before. So I have to say, friend of the show by obligation. And Chase said, like, if aliens came down tonight, they would say. John was the best player on the floor. Yeah. Like he, he just looked like the best guy on the floor. He was, he was so good. Uh, Why did LeBron look the way he did? LeBron, thirteen points, six boards, three assists. He was five of sixteen from the field. He didn't hit a three. Yeah, I mean, second half of back to back for them. They've been on the road for five days at this point. Um, you know, early game. I mean, there's there's plenty of things you can kind of point to as why this was a little bit of a different night. Um, the Lakers had a you know. A really you know, easy breezy win last night in Charlotte. Got in late here, and then you know the game was at six instead of seven, seven thirty. So routine things get kind of bumped off the daily schedule. Um, the other thing is, I mean, bad bad games happen in the NBA. So I guess if if LeBron starts trending in a bad direction, we worry a little bit. But I mean, he had a triple double last night. It has been an absolute. Has been playing an NBA an MVP level for this, this team this year. I think he, you know, was probably one of the top two contenders for the MVP if you gave a first third MVP. So, um, you know, kind of just a blip, I think, for the Lakers. I mean, they are now one and two on this road trip. They've been playing without Brandon Ingram and Rajon Rondo. They've been pretty good over that stretch, despite not having two of their best ball handlers. So. Um, it's surprising to see them come out so flat against a team like Washington, but this is also kind of one of those trap games in the NBA. Second night of a back-to-back after a after a big win. Uh, I think it's just one of those nights. Yeah, it did seem like that. I mean, look, I actually thought Jeff Green did a pretty good job yeah, on him. That's true too. I thought he genuinely yeah. did a good job, but like doing a good job on LeBron doesn't. No, I mean, you've seen, you've seen great, great, great defensive efforts on LeBron go completely un, unrewarded just because of his ability to make anyone look completely helpless with the way he'll barrel, barrel into the lane, the way he can finish through contact, the spin he puts on the ball. I mean, you know, this is obviously my first season, Fred, covering LeBron on a daily basis and being up close to him. It is really pretty incredible, like the physical um, specimen he is. I know everyone's says that and I'm not saying anything new but 
to watch him be built like you know built like he is and still be able to play with the speed and um, finesse is, is is remarkable. So I mean, there I'm not really sure there is a whole lot of good defending that can be done on LeBron James. But you're right. I thought Jeff Green at least kept him honest tonight. And LeBron, you know, missed some bunnies and you know was missing free throws. Uh, at one point, Dave McMenamin and I were looking up the last time uh, LeBron had been held under 10 points in a regular season game. It was 2007, and um, that, that he was really at risk of doing of, of finishing uh, under under 10 points. He had nine with about three minutes left in the third quarter. Went to the foul line, missed two free throws. Next possession goes barreling down the lane, misses a layup. And then he ultimately ended up scoring on a, a little spin move on the baseline to get up to 11 and then 13 points. But I mean, this was not his night. What did he end up shooting? What's that? Five, five or 16. 16. Yeah, I mean, that's that's not been consistent with what we've been seeing from him. And, and you know, the four turnovers, I mean, it just was not a good night for him. And also Lonzo Ball. I mean, Lonzo, you know, last night seemed like he kind of turned a corner, had a, you know, 16, 12, and 10, or 16, 10, and 10 game, I think. And his first triple-double of the year, first since mid-November of his rookie season. And, you know, the question with Lonzo Ball has been, is he ever, and I wrote this at theathletic.com last night, you know, he has, you, can subscribe he, to. you can subscribe for a nominal fee. And he, you know, he has these moments, these flashes, these good games that you see and you think, that's who they've drafted, that's who they wanted with that number two pick, this point guard who, you know, really controls the tempo and, and it can be can be flashy but also makes just really sound passes, gets the ball up the court, is in there fighting for rebounds. He was doing that last night in Charlotte. What I wrote is, is, is one of these moments ever going to signal a, a, a real turning of the page to the player he's going to become? Or is it just another you know, high mark on a career that reads like a Richter scale? And he's been up and down, up and down, up and down. And then you see that again tonight where, you know, he's, you know, I mean, not that any, anybody from the Lakers played especially well, but Lonzo had 10 points, five rebounds, four assists, but four turnovers. Um, he you know, shot four of 11 from the field, two of seven from three. And that's pretty consistent with a lot of the lines we saw from him last year where he just wasn't shooting the ball well, but he wasn't, didn't stop him from shooting the ball a lot. Um, so it, this kind of falls back into the mold of Lonzo, you know, peaks and valleys, and um, that's frustrating from a Lakers standpoint. But, again, it's hard to um, read too much into any of these numbers on a night like this when the Lakers came out flat and were absolutely um, flattened from the beginning. I mean, they got it down to six, I think, in the second quarter, and then uh, Washington went on another run, and that's all she wrote. And, by the way, we should actually acknowledge that there was no JaVale McGee tonight, which um, I know Washington fans may think is me being funny, but he's been very, very good for this Lakers team. He's played the biggest role he's had really in his career and has, has been pretty integral to that first that first unit. Um, he's been battling the flu. He wasn't available. Yeah. Um, so they uh, had pumped him full of IV, IV fluid. Oh, oh come game. on. Come on. I mean, it's 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 three, it's three months into the JaVale McGee era. I've made all the JaVale puns. They've all you been made, done. You've done JaVale-able? What, what else? Available what are the other Well, I'm waiting for February 14th, which will be your Valentine's Day. Your <laughs> um, Valentine's, something like that. Um, but you know, Javale, you know, obviously he's not available. So you go with Tyson Chandler, and all of a sudden you're you're thinner up front off the bench. You're going to Mo Wagner, who hadn't played in the first half all season. So um, it was just a different night for the Lakers, and I think. Um, 
you know, they'll move on. They go to Brooklyn on Tuesday with a little rematch with D'Angelo Russell. Oh, what I was going to say about JaVale, they pumped him full of IV fluids last night in Charlotte, and he came in and actually gave him a nice boost at the beginning, but only played 16 minutes. Tonight, for whatever reason, they couldn't hit the vein, and they couldn't, and, they, and he wasn't able to uh, get, get fluids, and so he didn't have any energy to go. So that was kind of a... Um, Medical, the medical backstory to tonight. That is a weird thing. That's what Luke said in his post game. He said they had they were having trouble finding a vein, and so um, it just didn't happen. That is a weird thing. Uh, here's a crazy number for you: If Jeff Green makes his next two three pointers, he's fifty forty ninety for the season. How old is he now? Thirty somewhat. Wow. Good for him. Still doing it. I thought, he, I thought he was done when he was with the Clippers. He's never been anywhere close to that. Yeah. Like, Jeff Green, is, his true shooting percentage is, like, well over 60%. It's, like, 63% now. He's been – people mock Jeff Green. And I know it's become, like, a thing to mock Jeff Green. He's another guy where, like you said, Wall becomes a contract. Right, right. Yeah. What? what? Oh, oh okay. I'm agreeing with Yeah, you. oh, okay. So you say, like, Wall becomes a contract. The ultimate guy like this is Joe Johnson, where Joe Johnson gets his huge max extension right. with the Hawks, and everyone's like, Joe Johnson's not worth the contract, and he's not worth the contract. And he's not. He wasn't worth the max contract. Joe Johnson, he was, he was the best player on your team. We saw exactly what happens. Right. You end up being maybe a second-round team, and that's it. And he wasn't worth the contract. But Joe Johnson was a very good player. And people mock Joe Johnson with sarcastically calling him a seven-time All-Star, even though he was a seven-time All-Star. But, like, Joe Johnson was a good player. Yeah. Contract, yeah. contract aside. And, like, then later in Joe Johnson's career, 100%. when he's an okay role player, he goes to Utah, pretty good role player. He's on a different contract, but that stink from the previous contract comes yeah. over. So everyone's giving up first-round picks for Jeff Green throughout his career, right? The Clippers give up one, and Memphis gives up one, and Boston gives yeah, up Clippers, one. Yeah, the Clippers known for their great management of first-round yeah. picks over the years. Right. Everyone's giving up first-round picks for Jeff Green. And then Orlando gives him $15 million. And it's like, why do people keep doing this for Jeff Green? But the Wizards, I will defend the Wizards for a second because I know this is like the perfect storm of basketball Twitter knockery, right? It's Jeff Green, and it's the Wizards front office. And so everyone's like, ah, perfect. Of course that's it. But you know what? Wizards give up nothing for Jeff Green. Right. They got him on a minimum deal. All Jeff Green is right now is like a role player off the bench, right. and he started not tonight because Otto Porter was hurt again. But all he is is a role player off the bench who's averaging like like 16 points per 36 minutes, yep. who's shooting 52% from the field, who's got a 63% true shooting percentage, who's 39% from three, who's over 90 from the line. Like, and I'm not even arguing this is going to keep up because I can't imagine it would. But Jeff Green in the 30 – the fact that this happened for 30 games, I don't think anybody thought this was going to happen for 30 games. Jeff Green is is having the best year of his career. I mean, he, he's been really good. And tonight – what do you, what was his line tonight? You folded up the box score. 27, four threes. There you 27, go. four threes, 8 of 15 from the field. Had a block, no turnovers. Guarded LeBron. Guarded LeBron. Guarded LeBron and outscored LeBron. How many people have guarded LeBron and outscored LeBron in the same game this year? How many people have guarded LeBron, outscored LeBron, and had Bradley Beal previously in the year compare them to LeBron? That happened? <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Brad, Brad called him like a LeBron. Like he said he was like LeBron as a player. And then Dwight said he was like George Gervin. But this is why. Even in my praise of Jeff Green, we're mocking Jeff Green, but there's... Jeff Green didn't ask for any of this. 
Jeff Green didn't ask for people to compare him to LeBron, even though he comes off the bench. Are you telling a story you're going to write later this week? Are, is this, are you like talking a little bit? Ideas with me? A little bit, yeah. Honestly, Jeff Green didn't ask for any of this. Would be a pretty good headline. I would read that. I would read. I would subscribe to the Athletic to read that story. I you would, would literally. I would, I, would, I would. I would pay less than a cup of coffee for a one month <laughs> subscription to the Athletic. It's just like. I would go to a Lakers story and subscribe through that Lakers story, but so I could read, so I could Don't read. Don't manipulate the story. listeners. They can subscribe off a Wizards story. Not even a David Aldridge or Michael Lee would. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. Don't give them too many options. Um, yep. Can we talk about the uh, the Ariza trade for five minutes? Because I want to do a little bit of trade sure. right down. Did you cover Ariza? No, the Lakers. No, he was gone by the time I got there in twenty. 2013. Okay, so you so he was here. Yeah. When you were so the uh, Wizards made a trade. I heard. And you know what was crazy? The announcement of the trade. We were talking about this before the game. The the, the trade is not yet official because it's it is absurd that the league office is not open on weekends, so they right. can't push through the trade until Monday morning. Uh, the Wizards normally don't acknowledge it. Scott Brooks isn't talking about it in his press conferences. Teams can't talk about that stuff, and yet on the inactive active sheets that they hand out at the beginning of the game, Amazing. Austin Rivers and I should have talked to PR about this, and I forgot to. Austin Rivers and and Kelly Oubre are on trade there as pending trade pending. That's the Wizards' official in, in, announcement. Inactive trade pending. That is their official announcement of the trade. But yeah, so it's Austin Rivers, Kelly Oubre going to the Suns, Trevor Ariza going back to the Wizards. I did the podcast on the, the three-team trade, the, the Dylan Brooks, Marshawn Brooks, Scott Brooks fracas that didn't actually turn into a trade on Friday night. I did that live during the thing. So we don't need to talk about all the crap that went down. And you can read my story from Friday night, which was about how Austin handled it and how the team handled it and all that stuff. You can read my story from Friday night uh, to find out more about that. And you can even read my follow-up story after the real Ariza trade went down also on The Athletic uh, and see some more observations on that. Um, you think Ariza helps him? I mean, I guess. I just don't know. I, 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 from afar, thought they were going to be going the other direction. I was surprised to see them um, be buyers, I guess, on Ariza. I know that there's a, a history and a comfort level with Trevor Ariza, but I know people with the Lakers were, were especially surprised that it was the Wizards that they ended up um, competing against in the Ariza market because the Lakers were obviously very eager to add him. Ariza wanted to be a Laker. So for for Washington to be the team that I, that came and derailed those plans, I think caught them off guard. Um, I, I don't know, Fred. Is this a team that is a Trevor Ariza upgrade away from sneaking into the postseason? It seems it seems like their their, their issues were were deeper than that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, honestly, they they're only two games out of the playoffs. They might be a Trevor Ariza upgrade away from making it into the postseason, but I don't know if that's the right question. I think the question is whether this team is an Ariza upgrade from making the postseason or not away from actually getting there, like, does that even matter? Is that the spot that you want to be in? And I think my number one reaction to this trade wasn't necessarily getting Trevor Ariza, who I do think will probably contribute at a higher level higher level than Kelly Oubre because he shoots and he plays defense at a higher level. And Austin Rivers, who I just don't know if it was ever going to work because right. I don't think the personality or the basketball fit were good here uh, for him or for the Wizards. I just think on both ends it, it just wasn't working out, and I think they both needed a fresh start after that. Uh, but with Ariza, with Ariza coming specifically. And what does this do to Jeff Green in the middle of a career year? 
If I'm Jeff Green, I'm furious. You can't have guys taking shots away from Jeff Green. So here's my here's my reaction. Originally, the original three-team trade, the Grizzlies yeah. are sending two second-round picks to the Wizards in that deal. And yeah. they're getting Ariza and two second-round picks. More so that means if you are the Wizards, you are saying that our value for what we're sending out, which is the same as what they sent out in the actual trade, Kelly Oubre and Austin Rivers, our value for what we went back is Ariza and two second-round picks. Now, granted, one of those second-round picks was a fake second-rounder. It was top right. 55 protected, according to sources I talked to. Yeah. So we'll even throw it out. But the second one was unprotected. So you're saying we want Ariza and a second-round pick. Okay. You strong Kelly Oubre is 23 years old, who's going to be a restricted free agent after this year. You you strung him at least into a future asset. Right. So like the – I call it the, the, the Kelly Oubre asset tree. Like it's got another branch. It's continuing to live right. on. You trade him for an expiring guy, yeah. that's it. There's no branch. There's that's no, it. There's there no, is no there's no branch. And after you set the value, you made the trade. You set the value at Austin Rivers and Kelly Oubre. What is he worth to us? He is worth Ariza, and he's worth a second rounder and a fake second rounder. In order to compromise and make it work with Phoenix, and I think part of it was just good faith negotiations after this whole thing went to crap, but... They just eliminated the second round pick, and Phoenix was not giving up second round a second rounder. They weren't giving up draft picks in this trade, and those second rounders were originally coming from Memphis. But like, it's not like they only had to negotiate with Phoenix. They could have had, and Phoenix wasn't getting what they originally wanted because they wanted Dylan Brooks. But they, they there were teams calling. There were teams who saw, oh wait, all the value for Kelly Oubre is because there are teams like Kelly. It's an expiring contract. Yeah, it's an expiring contract. Let's get in on this. They were trying to get in on this. They could have had one of those teams send over an unprotected right. second. There were multiple teams who called up and were like, let's get in on this thing now. Let's make – there was like a mega deal being talked about with like a bunch of different teams making a huge trade. And like the fact that it just ended up being the same deal for the Wizards, from the Wizards side, without a second-round pick, I'm like, you can just send those guys home. If you're worried about them showing up to practice on Saturday, just send them home. Uh, Cleveland did that with J.R. Smith. Right. The Phoenix did that with Trevor Ariza for this exact right. reason. Like, just send them home. Like, I don't know. I, I get that you feel like something got messed up and you got to do it. But, like, they admittedly, because they agreed to a trade with more value for the same package, they admittedly did not get the everything best, the they could value. have. Yeah. That's a great point, Fred, and why, it's why you're great at your job <laughs> while I'm sitting here shopping for show tickets in New York tomorrow night. Um, but I've enjoyed listening to you, and I think you are um, – I think you're right. That's a really fascinating point that if you've shown your hand of what your value is and then you show you're willing to take less, the question automatically becomes why are you leaving value on the table? And that makes you question the management every time. Yeah, it does. Um all right, that's my trade thoughts. If you want my really in-depth trade thoughts on how Trevor Ariza shoots corner threes with John Wall, no, don't say you don't. I don't. You want it. I'm sure there are people Because who want you it. want people to I'm subscribe. Sure, I'm sure the Wizards After Dark people want it. Yeah, the Wizards After Dark people want it, for sure. You can subscribe to theathletic.com, and you can check out my uh, story, Six Observations, on the Trevor Ariza trade. And I got stuff on how he shoots threes with John Wall, and I got my rant about the second-round pick in there, and... Uh, I, I got the stuff on, you know, I got some other Ubre stuff and, and some other River stuff and, uh, you know, some other source things in there. Uh, you can find that there. Uh, 
I will not have a story off of this Lakers game up there unless something happened while we were recording this podcast. Uh, Bill, tell the, the people where they can find you. As you, you literally have a credit card out right now, and they're just <laughs> buying theater tickets. <laughs> oh, crap. I put, I put my credit card number where I'm supposed to put my name. I hate it when that happens. Uh, well, I'm online at Twitter where I, where I um, get in fights with people and offend people who love Kobe Bryant. Uh, at Bill Orem. I'm on The Athletic. I'm on Instagram for pictures of my child. Um, but mostly, I think everyone should subscribe to The Athletic and read Fred and accidentally happen upon uh, something I write from time to time. Great. You can subscribe to the damn expiration date? <laughs> what about the C... This, the, it's always what weird. Is it, what is it? The CVV? Yeah, it's always weird on Amex because it's on the front. Oh, Amex. Flexing. Wow. <laughs> subscribe to Wizards After Dark. Uh, give us a five star review on iTunes. Leave a nice review in the review section. Uh, this has been, as I always say, super fun to do. I will be on the road trip with them. They leave tomorrow for Atlanta, and I will be leaving tomorrow for Atlanta as well. No practice tomorrow, uh, just because they got at Atlanta on Tuesday and then second half of back to back at Houston on Wednesday. It's crazy the way this worked out. So Ariza obviously didn't play today. I think it's very possible he plays Tuesday in Atlanta. But this is the Trevor Ariza revenge tour week because they've got the Lakers tonight, they got Houston on Wednesday, and they got Phoenix on Saturday. And so it is amazing the way the basketball gods worked out this I, I knew all of us who covered the Lakers were very disappointed that they couldn't they couldn't ram this through over the weekend so we could talk to Trevor Ariza today about how he doesn't get to be a Laker. Yeah, well so. you know what? Maybe he will. If this whole thing totally goes to crap, take him I the Lakers will still want Trevor Ariza. In February. That's true. If this whole thing still goes to crap, like the Lakers were Lakers willing to do. Second round picks? Yeah, the second round pick and KCP saves the, the Wizards $3 million. Uh, we're wrapping up. I'll be back on Tuesday after the Hawks game. I'll talk to you guys then.